This podcast is brought to you by Stonely, an interactive guidance platform for self-serve support. Deflect tickets, decrease costs, and delight customers with beautiful step-by-step guides that can be embedded anywhere. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Queue, a podcast by Stonely that looks at the human side of customer support leadership. I'm your host, Meredith Metzger, and this week I'm excited to welcome Abby Armada, Customer Support Manager at Flickr. In this episode, I talk with Abby about why support leaders should hire agents with unconventional resumes. And Abby would know. Her team at Flickr is full of unconventional support heroes, including former teachers, a bank teller, photographers, retail workers, a geologist, and more. Even Abby herself comes from a TV and film costume design background. Abby shares how this diversity has turned Flickr's support team into a powerhouse, what unconventional resumes and skills she looks for when she hires, and how she develops each agent into a support rock star. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Queue. I am super excited today to welcome Abby Armada. She's a customer support manager at Flickr. Abby, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, thanks so much, Meredith. I'm really happy to be here. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. So I guess we'll just jump right into our topic. So um, I know you kind of wanted to talk about unconventional starts in customer support. And I know, you know, I have seen it throughout working on this podcast everyone is coming from a different background. I've seen everything from journalism to teaching to uh, computer science, and it sounds like you came from retail. So can you just, let's start off by maybe um, having you just kind of walk us through your journey into support. Oh, sure. Okay, so like retail was literally like the step, the last step before I got to support. So I actually have a degree in film and TV costume design and uh, fashion design. So I have like two degrees in that. Um, I thought I was going to be like Ruth Carter from like Black Panther. I thought I was going to be like making costumes. And I did that for a little while, like, you know, I helped out in wardrobe because I lived in L.A. Um, but the entire time I was working in like art galleries and and then I started working at Starbucks and I was just like thriving uh, working in sort of like retail customer facing roles. Like I would work there years at a time while trying to like support this career that I was trying to do. Um, and also I'm just always been really into tech. Like I f- coded my first website on GeoCities when I was like 11 and just kept up on, you know, the internet writ large while I was doing all of this, you know, that those were all of my interests. Like I liked solving problems. I liked being creative and I also really liked computers. So that's like all stuff I was doing while I was trying to do this costume design stuff. And then I started working for Starbucks, like I mentioned, and I moved from LA to New York because Starbucks can like, if you've been working there for a little while, they'll let you transfer anywhere. Right. So, uh, which is pro tip, if anyone, <laughs> if anyone ever wants to work at Starbucks, they, you can literally work anywhere if you've worked there for like, six months. And I moved to New York and did a little bit of costume design. And then I was like, I don't know if I really like the vibe of the film industry in New York. It's a lot different. And so I just was like, my main job was like working at Starbucks while doing like costume stuff on the side, like making costumes for people. I became a supervisor at Starbucks. I was working there for like three and a half years. I like really loved it. I loved interacting with people. I loved 
when you work in a town like I do here on Long Island, there's just like regulars all of the time who you get to know their kids, you get to know their drinks, you just, you know, you get to sort of see them in their day to day and you become such a huge part of their day and they're sort of part of your day. And it's, it's like a weird thing, but it's pretty, it's pretty nice. You build like a little community. But then I was like, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep coming home smelling like Frappuccino and milk and all of this? And my friend was like, hey, like we have openings at this startup. It's called eMusic. I think you'd be really good at it. You love people, you, you know, and you're pretty good with tech and answering, <laughs> you know, like you're just pretty good at the internet. And I was like, sure, I'll try it out. And that's how I like sort of pivoted into support is just like, I think I was tired of being on my feet all day, but I loved people. And like, you do solve a lot of like, customer problems when you work at Starbucks or any sort of retail environment, like someone's unhappy. How do you make them happy? Something's broken. How do you pivot? You know? And so I think a lot of those skills I just sort of took with me into support. And then I've been in support for almost a decade now after, after that, uh, after where I've been. So like, no matter what you do, like I can see so much of what I studied in school and what I, was working on and all the retail problems I had to solve and like all the skills I had to gain. I see them every day when I'm working in support, like even as a manager uh, now in my like 10 years after. So it's pretty wacky that I came from like an art degree and now like I help manage like a, a team of like almost 30 people that wow. yeah, help a lot of people. So it's pretty cool, but also wacky. I just think about it and the trajectory of it is very strange. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool though. I mean, it mm -hmm. seems like these days career paths are rarely linear anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I imagine that must be kind of a bonus, honestly, to build a customer support team and to have leadership that has all these diverse backgrounds. What is that like for you as a, as a manager? Well, I think it, Definitely, we have the advantage in support where, like, I honestly think that support orgs are some of the most diverse teams in a sort of, like, I've worked at a ton of companies at this point, like, support is always the most diverse set of skills and people that you see in a company, I think, just because of how many different kinds of backgrounds that you can have. Like, I have someone on my team who... Uh, I mean, I have plenty of people on our team uh, who actually have never worked in support before, and like this is their first support job ever. Like, I have someone who's a little bit older whose like main job was like she does newborn photography, and Flickr is a photography site, and she found like we were hiring, and this is literally not only her first support job, but like her first real job ever. <laughs> so, having someone who's just like this lump of clay, I would say, who's just like she has you know no bad habits. And so you can kind of just mold her into having like being an, like a stellar support person because she's just like, she's just like has really great instincts. Right. And then on the flip side, I have someone who worked at a startup before, was an intern. And then this is like, and now she knows how to work with like developers and product people because she did that before at like her other job. So there's like so many different kinds of backgrounds <laughs> especially in the support team that we have at Flickr, which is like almost 30 people, all remote, it gives you such a breadth of knowledge and sort of experience that like I've never really experienced in any other company so far. 
And I can only imagine that, like, you know, as you're constantly trying to solve new problems every day, that having all these different life experience, different viewpoints, that that's, I mean, that's got to just be a huge strength. Yeah. And I feel really lucky because, to be completely honest, I didn't actually hire this group of people. I got hired on as the second manager with like a second wave of, we call our agent support heroes at Flickr. They started the big push of hiring in like April of 2019. And then I was with the second wave of people in June 2019. And it's interesting to sort of see like, okay, I didn't hire any of these people, but like obviously I manage half of them now and see and just like teasing out of them what they like to do, what their strengths are. They're definitely like really ambitious people on the team that, you, you know, which you need where they're like, oh, I saw a need and I filled it. And now we have people who are like taking care of our help center and like our app reviews. And they're the people who are like, oh, I want to like move up in this organization. And then you have other people who, are just like, I like this job, it's a paycheck, but I like it, and I clock in, I clock out, but I'm here to do a good job. And like having, and then there's people in between, having the breadth of that to manage and also to like sort of pad out your team is actually the best thing ever because like you can't manage 30 people who are all similarly ambitious, (laughs) I would (laughs) say, and like, you know, crowd climbing all over each other to do tasks. Um, and also, you just can't have people who are completely passionless. And not, I'm not saying anyone at Flickr is passionless, but you can't have anyone who's just like, well, I'm here to clock in and like, whatever, like, I don't care. We have such a good balance of like people who are like, I love being a support hero. This is cool. I clock in and I clock out. I don't have to take work with me. And then you have people who are like, I want to do more. I keep wanting to do more. I keep wanting to do more. Like, I love writing. Here's our style guide. I wrote it, you know, and like being able to nurture both sides of that is like a really great managerial exercise and like also keeps you on your toes as a manager too and as a support org because like we have so many different kinds of people it's just like pretty interesting and I manage a lot of them just to see how they take feedback or what gets them going or like especially during the pandemic what's been bumming them out it's so nice to have such different people to manage and to be helping our customers I hadn't really thought through that side of it, but what it's like for a manager having so many diverse backgrounds, not only in personalities, but also like worldview, life experience, their education, and trying to figure out how to adapt your style to fit all of those different needs. (laughs) I have to say, it's like, this is my first fully remote job. I was remote even before the pandemic. Like, Flickr HQ is in San Francisco. Smug Mug, our parent company, is in Mountain View. So, like, I never, like, I don't have an office, right? This is my office. <laughs> and so my team is, is like, around the world. Like, we have everyone from the UK to California, right? So I manage a breadth of those people. And even just, like, between the people, the two people I manage in the UK to, like, all across the country, just the way the diversity in location is really... Like, I never thought that would be a factor, but it is, you know, just like, especially when you manage people in New York and when the pandemic was hitting us hard, like the emotional toll that was taking us us as New Yorkers was really interesting. And then like, as it spread throughout the country, like dealing with that, even as everyone hit hit everyone differently, it's been such a interesting managerial exercise just to be there for your team emotionally and, and like, not even just as like a, hey, like, let's get some feedback on some tickets that you did, but also just like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Like, how's it going in California? Is everything like terrible, not terrible? You know, like I had to do that with 13 people, (laughs) you know, and 
I manage a lot of people. I feel like I've really leveled up as a manager just with the amount of different, the amount of different personalities and how people, uh, what really turns people on in terms of like what they love to do. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's fun for me, but also like very draining. (laughs) In that process, do you ever see connections between your experience working at Starbucks, your experience with your degree in like uh, wardrobe and costume design? Do you see connections between those things? And then how, how you approach these managerial challenges as a support leader? Oh, that's a really good question. I think one of the things the manager that I had at the time, her name was Janisha. I haven't talked to her in 10 years. Shout out, I, she'll never hear this, but shout out to Janisha. She took time to do one-on-ones with literally every person at Starbucks that she managed. That was like 25 people she was a manager of. I don't know how she managed to do it. They were even just like 15 minutes, just check-ins. And it meant a lot to me because it was always having someone to no judgments, listen to whatever was on your mind and be like, okay, cool. this is what I'm taking away from what you're the problems you're having like have you tried this have you tried this seems like you want more responsibility this is what I lay out for you to like you know you want to get promoted to be a supervisor like we actually have a checklist for that like why don't we see what you can work on it was the first time where it clicked for me like just having a manager who would just like listen to you and sort of like guide you gently (laughs) through your problems and also just be like well have you considered xyz or you know she's completely professional about it but she would still listen to you having that regularly like she would never cancel one she'd always just like okay i can't do it tomorrow like let's move it to the next day or the next time i see you you know like at the end of your shift or whatever like the importance of that i've carried that throughout my entire support career even when i wasn't a manager i just really liked having one-on-ones with with like my manager and if they weren't useful i'd be like how can we make this better you know but as i became a manager i made it my priority to make sure that my direct reports had a space to listen and so that was just something where I was like, wow, I'm going to take that with me no matter wherever I am. And and I think the other thing that I take away from like costume design and just being in that world is just like quick problem solving. You kind of have to have a sense of resilience when you work in the movie industry because everything's moving so fast. You are often cold and kind of hungry and like you are wheeling racks from one place to another. You're dealing with kind of the ego of people in the film industry and like everyone's hustling and you have to solve problems without any ego (laughs) you know you just kind of have to do it and then you're like hey I'm proving myself and I think that's something that really aligns with working in sort of like a startup or even like even a more established company mentality is like how resilient are you and how much can you just like quickly solve a problem and help other people empower other people to solve problems very quickly. I think that's something that I feel like I've just like honed honed my skills in is just like, all right, something's on fire, like or like we need to solve this thing, like let me just let's just throw to use like you know, that cheesy line is like let's just throw spaghetti on the wall and see if it sticks and then if it sticks, cool, and then we can figure out how to iterate on that, you know? That's that's like some of the stuff that I've really taken with me from like all of the things that I've learned from both the sides. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so mm-hmm. as you know, knowing that this has been your experience and it's worked out really well for you to have this mm-hmm. totally different background when you're hiring, are there any specific backgrounds that you look for? Um, yeah. I'm just curious yeah. what that process looks like for you. 
anyone who's actually worked in retail, I'm always keen to talk to at least and like do a phone screen because if you can survive in like a retail environment, especially one for like like a high stakes one, I, I, not maybe not high stakes, but like I interviewed someone once who like worked at the M and M store in Times Square, and I was for six years, and I was like, that sounds very intense Times Square M and M store. Okay, let's like talk, and you know she was. We didn't end up going with, with this person, but like it's, I just know that that person has been through the crucible and probably has had so many like good customer stories, like quick problem solving on the fly. Like what happens when something goes wrong at the M&M store? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, retail. And I, we've hired teachers in the past too, because if you think about it, teaching is amazing. It's an amazing career, but it's a teacher has so many skills that are applicable to customer support. Right. Like if you think about not only are you teaching kids, kids are kind of their customer. Right. Mm -hmm. And their parents. Right. And you have to balance sort of like this keeping customers, their kids, you know, their students like happy, engaged, trusting them. They trust the teacher. So like I love talking to teachers and hire like looking at people who have like that background, especially since like. 99.1% of the time, they're good writers because they're teachers, right? Like you have to have a pretty good writing background to be at least in email support. Um, And I know that they're quick, like really good teachers are quick to diffuse situations. And so that avenue and like that worldview is so like, we've had really good success with talking to teachers who are looking to pivot their careers. And I think the other one is, are just like people who have been at not quite retail jobs, but still customer facing, like banks. We have someone on the team who's, this is their first support job, but they were at a, they were at a bank for 11 years. And there's so much customer facing stuff. And there's like paperwork and, you know, uh, I can't describe to you what her job was at the bank after she was a teller, but like she did a lot of paperwork, a lot of like spreadsheet work and like she wanted to initially become like, she's like, oh, you know, I was kind of thinking of doing like Code Academy and then I saw this job and then like, I never thought I would love support, but I do. And, you know, we've promoted her to a lead position. You know, she's only worked at the company for like two years, but like she, she got promoted like a year into her being a regular support hero into a lead position because she was such a superstar. She just like took things and ran with it, realized that like, this is what she wanted to do so much better than her bank job. But like, People who have been at roles like that, they, especially with money, money's such an emotional thing. We deal with photos on Flickr and like photos are emotional. Money is probably the most next emotional thing. So if you can deal with people in that capacity, I'm very interested in talk to you, talking to them about their experience and how they can like be a great support person. Okay. I'm yeah. curious to hear more about what you mean by like photos being emotional um, oh yeah and how that plays into interactions with customers so there's this thing they say at smug mug during training um which is like if you are to run out of the house your house is on fire and you're gonna run out of the house what are you gonna grab and like people are like their pets you know obviously their kids and then their photo albums when people had photo albums right because when you look at a photo it evokes memories, feelings. Sometimes you like look at a photo and you're like, you're transported exactly to that place and you can smell the ocean, you know? Like it's such a, such a memory thing. That's why, you know, even when people, even on their phones, like 
if people lose their phones and lose all their photos or not backed up to the cloud, they like freak out, right? They're like, uh, uh, like we recently asked a question, like, what would you rather lose all of your money in one day or all of your photos in one day? And it was actually like a 50, 50 split. People were like, I could take more photos, but like, I need my money. And some other people were like, I have no idea. Like I would be so devastated if I lost all my photos. And from a support perspective, you're dealing with people, and Flickr's a unique situation because we've been around for like, since 2004, right? So we've been around for 17 years. People have Googled themselves and found that they forgot that they had a Flickr account that they made in like high school or college. And they were like, I really want to get back into this account, you know? And like, it's, or they're like, uh, I don't want these photos anymore. They're, they're like, they're very like, they're too sensitive for me to be on the internet, you know? So like, it's really interesting to balance helping them versus like like sometimes we can't help them because like we've had such <laughs> you used to be able like in on Flickr you had you there was like what it was owned by Yahoo you had to log in with Yahoo email address like you had to and uh so many people don't have their Yahoo email addresses anymore so they can't like reset their password <sighs> it's such a it's 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 an issue that's like very like I'm like oh man I want to get you into your account but I can't you know so you have to balance like I know that these are your memories but also like we can't we can't get you into your account like we we can't verify you and we have such a amazing photography community on Flickr that's like the thing that I would say like Flickr has over like Instagram or anything like that it's the community and groups and like if you like taking pictures of roller coasters you can go find a group of people who like to take pictures of roller coasters too there's such a passionate community on Flickr and like helping them and making your team your support team understand that like these aren't just like oh these are just not they're not just like pixels you know these are people's memories and emotions and like giving them the best support that they can even when they have to say no. It's been such an interesting balance, right? Because like the stakes are pretty high, right? These are people's photos, you know? Like there's some, like I have like 15,000 photos uploaded to my Flickr because I've had it since 2004. Like I understand, like I am a, I am a customer of Flickr. You know, I have paid for Flickr in the past now that I've, even before I worked there. And so like, I understand that if I were to lose all those photos, I'd probably like cry a little bit for a day and then like, move on a little bit but still be a little bit angry about it and like baking that empathy into like your training your feedback even in our help center is has like a big priority for us because it's really important okay yeah Yeah. that makes a lot of sense i know i'm definitely that way about my photos yeah um yeah like i've had instances where i did not back up things to the cloud and a phone (laughs) like got ruined in a rainstorm and is a whole thing yeah (laughs) And I've and I've learned <laughs> that I'm like tripling back backup by like tripling like every backup of the photo like it's, it lives in three places and you know I, if I'm I'm never gonna take the time to sift through those photos really I just am happy that the fifteen thousand photos that I have live in in places where I know that I can access them if the worst were to happen <laughs> exactly so. yeah so that's a good point that it is very mm-hmm. emotional and so it mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense why you would turn to like other professions where there's a lot of passion like especially with teachers like you know that someone who's in teaching is passionate about their customers like their kids so it makes sense that like you would look there to help serve another customer base at Flickr that's also extremely passionate about the end product 
Exactly. And we also have like a lot of amateur and and professional photographers on the on the support team, right? Like we have a couple of people who like I mentioned, uh, one of our support heroes who was a newborn photographer. We have someone else who was a wedding photographer and we have someone else who does like amazing landscape travel photography, you know, and so they already have that passion and it's pretty cool that they get to like blend their passion with like what at Flickr, you know, like just they have so much knowledge and and experience with this that they get to teach other parts of the team about like, hey, this is this is what Lightroom is. This is what a raw file is. The vernacular of photography can be really obtuse if you have no experience in it, especially with like as passionate of a community as we have on Flickr. There is a little bit of ignorance when it when, when you, if you start this job and you have no you have no idea what f- photography is really and like yes you've you've held up a digital camera yes you have used your iphone but like you know you don't know what an f-stop is you don't know what exif data is you know all this stuff and like having those photographers in on our team has just like really leveled up the knowledge that our team the rest of the team has because like they were able to put on trainings and just be like hey these are my photos like this is what this means and just like bake it into like our team meetings every week and it's been really cool to like once again like see these people take what they love and share it with the rest of the team and also make it a learning experience yeah oh that's awesome is yeah is photography something you look for when you hire or is it just kind of a nice perk it's a nice to have on the Smug Mug side, Smug Mug is like the other side of our company. Um, I work for Flickr. I mean, we're all we all work for the same company, but like the Smug Mug support team, their tenure is like I think on average eight years. Their support org is very very experienced, and like I would say like eighty percent of them were people who loved using Smug Mug because they were photographers and then they got hired. Like Smug Mug intentionally hired people who like loved photography and knew how to use Smug Mug. On the Flickr side, like we we did say like, hey, if you know anything about photography, like that's a bonus. Or if you've had a Flickr account, like I honestly think that me having my Flickr account since like 2004 was like a pretty good, like it was like really nice on my resume when I like applied to Flickr. But yeah, um, I think one of like the photography piece is is like a nice to have, but it's something that we can teach and also something where like as long as you can write and are empathetic and understand why people are passionate about this, well, we'll probably hire you, you know? So. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I kind of want to back up a little bit and just, and just kind of talk about why, in your opinion, why is, why is customer support such a great career option for people from so many different backgrounds? Mm. That's a really good question. I think if you work for the right company, it's very fulfilling in terms of your problem solving, which is, that is what a job is in most jobs. You're just problem solving things, right? And uh, you're making people happy, which always feels good. And I think there's, especially at an org like ours, which it was essentially a startup environment and a very stable company, there are so many avenues that you can take to express yourself or solve the problems that need solving or build a process that scratches the itch of your background. We have people who, like I said, are photographers. And so they are really involved in like our community initiatives, right? We have them like curating galleries, reaching out to people 
in groups moderating our forums there are people who you know and i think it's like also pretty stable <laughs> you know and i think that you get to learn so much about writing especially in like knowledge base or like help center stuff right like what is the most efficient and friendly way to get people knowledge and i think that if you were like have a creative writing degree or an English degree of, of people that we have, you know, like that really like scratches that itch for writing for them. We also have a lead who got their degree in geology, that completely unrelated to support, right? Geology. What she really loves doing is like processes, process improvement, sort of like digging into data, like why something is happening. Like, why are we getting all of these negative CSAT? Like, why don't we dig into that for a quarter and see what the trend is like that is really really interesting to her and i can trace that back to her being into geology you know like this it's sort of like the data-driven sciencey crunchy stuff that like really really interests her and i think that is really what is so interesting about support is because like you can take so much of your background and apply it and you're not just in like a support bubble if you want, you can talk to product people, you can talk to engineers, you're interested in like tech as a career, you can be someone on the team who is a liaison with our product team and see like what is being deployed, like bring that back to the team. And so we'd really try at least at Flickr to, to cater to everyone's interests. And if they're really great at like cross team communication, if they're really interested in that, like really set a place for them where they can do that sort of stuff too. And thankfully, at Flickr, we have the space to do it. We could just be like, okay, what are you interested in? Like, let's come up with a plan for you. And like, I think so many people think support is just like, you sit at a computer and you answer emails and then you kind of like look at the help center and like, oh, you're on chat. Oh, you're on a call. If your company is supporting you in your growth, there's, there's something from whatever background you came from to really like. You can do it. You can apply it. <laughs> so I just hope that whoever's going to watch this or listen to this, like if you don't have it now, think of ways where you can support the growth of your team. They all have passions. They all came from different backgrounds. Those backgrounds apply. Like there's a, several ways that they can apply that into like a new role in support or like, you know, they can help you out and fight for that support in the growth from your company. It's, and I'm happy to have it at Flickr. Okay. I'm curious yeah. as for you as a manager, how, what are some ways that you do that for your team? How do you create that space for them to explore other interests or apply their interests? Yeah, that's a really good question too. I find there's like two ways is you find the people who are doing stuff already. Let me give a good example. So our help center was like very sad. And so one of our support heroes, Katie, and this other support hero, Jess, we're like, hey, we want to like help redo it. We're like, okay. So they kind of just like did it. You know what I mean? Like they they kind of just like took it upon themselves to audit our help center, redo it. And we kind of just supported them through it. That was like a project we didn't tell them they needed to do, right? I know we needed it, but like they kind of took it under their wing to sort of make it better and like find a team to do it. And so listening to your team and being like, hey, I think we need X, Y, Z. Or they're like, hey, I'm just going to do this thing. And be like, cool, let's talk about it. You know, I think that goes back to what I said, of just like those ambitious people who are like, I'm just found in, like, I found an, a gap. And so I filled it. That is a one way to help your team grow along is just like finding those people, right? It's a little bit harder for people who are like, I want to grow, but I don't know how, you know? And that's where we came up with these 
and and by we I mean like Smug Mug as a whole came up with these like individual contributor like levels, which our people operations team came up with, where they're like it's different levels of just like communication, collaboration, leadership, problem solving. It's like all of it's like this grid, and then it's divided by level basically of like what are the skills that you would need to be like if you're a support hero, you're like IC one. Like if you were support hero two, you're IC two. Like so I did an exercise with a lot of my team being like, this is where I see you. And these are the skills that you would need to move up to the next level. What do you think? Like, where do you think that you need to contribute to or where do you need to grow? And they were like, oh, this is what I see myself as. Like, oh, I think I just need to be better at owning a process or owning something or like talking to engineers more. Like, I want to do more of that. And so I was able to like, in our one-on-ones be like, okay, cool. Like, this is what I, like, I can't solve this problem for you. Like, you need to figure out like what is, what is interesting to you but I can help you along. One of my direct reports was like, I want to do something. I need to like own something. And then she thought about it for a while. We did that exercise and she came back. She's like, I noticed that like all of our shortcuts, which are like, you know, your canned replies. She's like, she's like, there's so many grammatical errors in them. She's like, I'm going to fix them with a team. I'm like, okay, cool. That's great. So she's taking that project upon herself now because like we talked through sort of, oh, you need to like collaborate more. You need to do this. Honestly, the just like talking to them and being the guide rails for their interests is like the best thing. It's like that's like the best advice I can give. It's just like people are interested in stuff. It's just like keep asking them about it. Like, hey, are you interested in this? Or if an opportunity comes up, like we needed we needed help for the for moderation for a community team and the community team was like, we need like six people to help. I was like poking different people who I know want more opportunities to shine. I was like, hey, you should do that. You've talked to me in the past about like wanting to do that. Like you should try this. If it sounds boring, that's probably even better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just see if you can do this. So yeah, it's it's all about like constantly making sure that you're in touch with the people that you manage. I take a lot of notes. I just like take and ask a ton of notes about their interests and stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That all makes a lot of sense. Well, I think that's probably a good place to kind of start wrapping up. Um, but mm-hmm. before I ask you my final question, is there anything else on our topic that you would like to add that we haven't covered yet? I think there's a lot of talk about like DNI diversity initiatives for hiring and stuff. Take a chance on unconventional resumes. <laughs> you know, especially if they're like well written, their cover letters well written. If they come from a background that is unconventional, I, I mean. I feel like retail is pretty, like, people like to talk to retail people, but, like, teachers, people who have been doing jobs like banks or anything like that, like, definitely, like, talk to them because they bring a lot to the table that, like, people who have just been in tech forever do, and, like, they probably have different perspectives. And like I said before, they probably have no bad habits and uh, can can probably be shaped into, like, a stellar support person. So as if you if you work at it too, right? Give people with unconventional resumes a chance. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Such a good soundbite too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, perfect. Okay, so last question. It's kind of a big one. Yes. Like just in general, what advice do you have for up and coming support leaders? There's this quote by Walt Whitman that I am not going to attribute to knowing before the show Ted Lasso, if anyone on the, who's listening has watched Ted Lasso. Um, be curious, not judgmental, right? 
And that kind of struck me as a manager because that is something that you can apply to every aspect of being a support manager or a support leader. To me, that means like, listen, and not only just like, to your customers, which you should be doing, like, why are your customers doing X, Y, Z? Why are they writing in about this? Like, why is your inbound higher this week than last week, you know? But listen to your team. Often as a manager, especially in my case where I manage so many people, I'm like not in the queue all the time. I have like thinking a lot about big picture stuff, but taking the time to listen to your team, they know the customer the best really because they're in they're in that day-to-day, you know, answering the same questions, like listening to them, listening to what their problems are, digging into why they feel a certain way is really really important and I think in my career that has led me to like really great solutions <laughs> when someone's like I don't think a problem with this thing and it keeps happening. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Like, let's talk about it. Like, why is that happening? And then we talk about it for 30 minutes and we're like, I'm like, okay, it sounds like this is happening. Let me talk to the other leaders on the team and see if anyone else is experiencing this. And we come up with like, oh, this modal is broken. Or like, we should change this modal and that will change our, you know, that will change everyone's like, our inbound will change, right? So I think just being curious about why things are happening is super important. Beyond that though, I, I literally just wrote underlined delegate stuff. <laughs> that I feel like I've talked about this in so many other like avenues, but it's something that new leaders and new managers always struggle with. It's just like if you get promoted or you're like in a new space and you know, obviously it depends on your company and what you're doing. Often you become a manager and you still have to be in the queue because there's only two other people. But at the same time, like if you're in a bigger team, just delegate stuff. It will give you the space to think bigger picture because you're not mired in, you're not like mired with your customers all the time. Like, yes, you should pay attention to your customers, be customer focused, but like delegating uh, problem solving to other members of your team helps them grow too. Um, And people will solve problems in their own way. The way that I usually take delegation is like, I use this analogy where like, okay, say we're in a bowling alley and you're direct report is a bowler and they're about to throw the ball you are not behind them guiding them to throw the ball you are the bumpers on the alley to make sure that they hit some of the pins or get a strike you're gently guiding them on their way to make sure they're not screwing up but you know they're ultimately the ones throwing the ball so delegate stuff and help people you know with that delegation and like i think once you delegate stuff, you just learn out to zoom out and like see the big picture. I'm still learning this, honestly. You know, I've been at this company for two years. I've been a manager for like five at this point, but like still, it is very tempting to be like, what's happening in the queue? Like, what's going on with our customers? Ah. But like zooming out and seeing like what is the best, what are the best decisions you can make to set your team up for success in like the next six months or the next year? is something that like I'm learning literally every day <laughs> and helps your team be more efficient. I, I don't really have many examples of like what zooming out really is. It's mostly just like looking at reporting and, you know, m- making sure the mental health of your team and the health of your team is good and seeing where like, okay, where were we the most busiest and like, do we need to hire more? You know, like that sort of stuff and answering those questions. So you're not just like putting the tracks out as you're like barreling forward on the train, like really setting yourself up for success. Um, and those are like, mo- that's like most of my advice is, be curious, delegate stuff, and like learn to zoom out a little bit. So, perfect. Oh, I love that yeah. all so much. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> awesome. Well, 
just thank you again, Abby, for taking the time to do this. I loved this conversation. I think our audience will get a ton of really great insights from it. So thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Meredith. I had a blast. That's all for this episode of Beyond the Q. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.